You're listening to the Hope Church Winter Garden Podcast for April the 17th, 2016. This is part two of the series called Stand. Yeah, good morning. Welcome. We're glad you guys are here today. You look good. You look good. You look real good. Tell yourself, say, I look really good. And then you got to say, because my pastor told me to tell myself that. It's cocky, it's cocky if you just say it to yourself, but if I told you to say it, it just kind of makes sense, you know. It kind of takes it down a couple notches. Man, we're glad you guys are here today. Worship was awesome. I love, love, love the worship here at Hope Church. And I'm glad that you guys have made it today and that you're worshiping with us today and you're having fun. Uh, we say this every single week at our church. I hope we no one gets sick of it. We're just glad you guys are here today. We, we just love, we love people. We love all people at all times and all places. You don't have to look like us, act like us to be here. You can just come be yourself, and we just want to hang out with you and get to know you. And, and we see this, another thing we see at our church, that everyone in here has a hurt habit or hang up. No one in this room is perfect, including me. I'm probably the worst sinner in here today. And so we're all in this journey together. We're all growing together. We're all going closer to Jesus together. And uh, we're just glad to be on the journey with you guys. If you're just catching up with us today, we are in a brand new series. It's our second week called Stand. Stand. Last week we looked at the fact that Jesus calls you and I to stand up. Stand up. And I love that story that we looked at last. We looked at Daniel chapter 1. We looked at a guy by the name of Daniel and some of his, his, his crew that he rolled with. And um, we looked at a story where these guys made us, they stood up for Jesus or they made a stand for Jesus. And as a church here at Hope Church, we kind of say two things. We are going to stand up for two things. We're going to stand up for God. We're going to stand up for God. Jesus has an impeccable and perfect reputation. If you're going to, have you ever tried to vouch for someone? And you're like, man, I'm vouching for this guy. I'm not so sure. When you're, you, I've been a youth pastor for a long time or as a pastor. You have to give, I have to give a reference almost weekly for somebody. And I'm like, oh, no, i got to give a reference for you. <clears throat> and I'm like, you're my brother, but I don't even trust you, you know. And, and so it's like, man, you got to, you have to give a, you have to vouch for somebody. You have to say, I, yeah, I'm there, I, they're a good worker, I think. But I'm kind of like, I, what, what, what I want to say at some of these interviews, and we're podcasting, so I'm a little bit scared to say this, but what I want to be like, hey, listen, I've never paid them to work before, and uh, so you're at your own risk. But I'll tell you, I think they're a good guy. <laughs> they're nice to me. They give me a hug every Sunday, but I really don't know them. No, I'm just kidding. I, Jesus' record is perfect. And it's impeccable. So we're going to stand up for God. We as a church, as believers, we are called to stand up for God because he laid down his life for us. Not only do we stand up for God, we stand up for other people at this church. We stand up for other people at this church. If you're honest in here today, um, statistics tell us that one out of one people have a tough time sometimes. It's life is hard. Work, work sometimes doesn't go the, exactly the way that you thought it was going to go. The health of your mom or dad doesn't go the, exactly the way that you thought it would go. One of our guitar players left uh, two days ago to flew on, on a last-minute thing, had to fly to Alabama because his grandma wasn't going to make it, and she's passed away just yesterday morning. Things don't go the way we think it's going to go. They don't go the way we think it's going to go. My friend Steve is in here today, and for about, for several months, we, I've been praying for Steve to find a job. I'm like, God, give Steve a job. God, give Steve a job. God, give, give Steve a job. And I've been praying that he would give him a job, give him a job. And I would ask him, hey, how's that? And I got so desperate, I'm like, I got to get involved in this thing. <clears throat> I'm like, I got to help this guy find a job. And so I'm like, every engineer I know, 
I'm like, hey, you, I, I knew like the best employee ever. I know this guy. Like we, we did a four-hour road trip together. So I know this guy's a good guy. Two hours. I was like, you, you need to hire this guy. He's awesome. And uh, his wife is even more awesome. So it's probably a good reason to hire him. You know, you'll get to know the wife. She's cool. And I'm just kidding, Steve. But Steve, I've been praying for Steve to get a job. And the midway through praying for Steve to find a job, Steve says, pray for my daughter. She's not, my daughter-in-law, she's not doing well. And so this week I got a text message from Steve. I found a job. I said, awesome. Awesome. I just need a finder's fee for that. And I'm just kidding. Uh, he found that job and God gave him that job. And he said, I found my job. And my next question was, well, how is your, your daughter doing? Well, she's got a good doctor. Because sometimes things don't go the way you think they should go. I talked to a sweet lady walking in here today. And she said, man, things just, this was a really, really tough week. And if we're honest in here, we have tough weeks all the time. Things don't go the way we think they would go. And so it's important for us as a church, it's important for us as Jesus followers to make sure that we stand up for other people. We stand up for other people. Life is stinking hard. And here's what makes things worse is sometimes it feels like, man, we come into church and we're hearing these sermons about Jesus or we're here and we're meeting people and we're, we're hugging each other and we're having coffee and donuts and we're having a blast and we're loading the trailer up. It's a blast. We're having a good time. We're doing what we love to do. We're hanging out with people and what God's, what God's called us to be around other people. And we're doing everything and everything is going the way we think it should go. And then Monday happens. How many of you guys know that Monday happens? You would go, yeah, Monday happens. You're like, dang, I need to go back to Sunday. What the heck happens? Or maybe you say a little bit different than that. That was the church version of what you say. What in the world? Are you kidding me? Is this really happening? Or maybe you get through Monday, but Tuesday happens. You're like, dang it. Really? Again? So it's our job as a believer is to stand up for other people. When the world tries to tear you down, when maybe some, some not positive friends try to tear you down or people throw darts at you, it's our job as believers to stand around each other to circle up, and it's our job is to stand up for other people. Well, we're in week two, and so we're going to talk today about our, our phrase this week is stand strong. Stand strong. Tell the person next to you, you're looking strong. You're looking strong. Yeah, you can say it. We talk in our church. If you're new, we talk a little bit. We don't talk back, but we do talk. Stand. You look strong. You look strong. Um, if, you, if you follow me on social media, you know it's no secret today. I, I ran a half marathon this morning. And, man, it's, I don't know. I, I hear people say all the time, man, what, kind of, what kind of people pay to go run? And um, I have a little bit of an excuse for this run. I ran, a, I ran a Disney half marathon today, and I'm still standing strong, barely, but I'm standing. And when I ran this, a friend said to me, hey, I, I'm going to give you a ticket to go run this thing. I said, no, you can't. I, you you can't. I know that it's Disney, so I know it's got to be like a thousand bucks. Everything costs a thousand bucks to go there. And I was like, No, I can't. I can't. I said, Well, how much is it? He's like, It's two hundred bucks. I'm like, Fine. You can pay for me. Fine. You pay for me. Fine. So he's like, I already bought it. A friend backed out. I want to give this to you. And so you, if you've ever ran before, how many of you guys have ever ran at Disney before? Yeah, all you, all the hardcore people. Yeah, we're in a, we're in an elite group together, or we're stupid. Um, or both, or both. And so I, I, I got there today, and my friend Vanessa, who I ran a couple of runs with, she's like, now Disney, they, and I don't fall, it's too much work to, to try to figure out what I'm supposed to do. They give you a pamphlet, like, I can barely read the Bible, much less read a pamphlet. So I'm like, hey, I'm like asking my friend, where do you park at? You know, I'm kind of on the way, I know it's 3 a.m., but like, where am I supposed to park at, you know? And, and I, so what happens next? And, you know, I, I don't know any of the answers. I just know this, I got my clothes on, which at, two, at, at 3 o'clock in the morning, that's a big feat. I matched, I knew that, I knew I had my bib on, my, my, my shorts, I knew I was good, I knew I was eating breakfast, I, a little bit of breakfast on the way there, and so 
I started running this race, and we get there, and man, these guys, it's the Star Wars, it's the inaugural Star Wars half marathon, which is code for all the weirdest people in the, floor, in the world coming to run. Like, and I'm one of those guys where, like, I, <clears throat> I'm not putting anything extra on my body to go run. I'm not wearing water. They give you water. I'm not carrying gel packs. They're going to give you that. I'm, I'm going to get there and try to survive. I'm trying to get. And so I got there, and what, what was so crazy about it is that you, you get in all these corrals, and I, all I'm thinking about is Hope Church. That's all I'm thinking about. I'm like, I got to get to church. That's, i, I got to put me in the first corral. If I have to lie about it and say I run six-minute miles, I will. Put me up there. I got to get to church. And so, man, I, I start this race. I get there. I'm looking at all these people, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then I'm running. I'm laughing through the whole marathon, which made it a little bit easier, the half marathon. I'm running because people are taking pictures, and they're stopping, and they're walking. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to get done. Don't you want to – don't you – there's a clock for a reason. We're supposed to win this thing, you know. And, and so I'm, I'm doing all this, and I thought to myself, man, I'm going to be hurting by the time I get to church. If not tomorrow, if not when I get to church, by tomorrow. Because I ran a half before. This is my second half marathon. And as I was running today, I do a lot of sermon writing while I run. It's no one can bother me. It's okay if you do, by the way, hun, if you want to bother me. I'd rather you not. But if you want to bother me while I'm running, it's totally cool. And my kids can't get to me. My twins can't yell at me and white boogers on me, you know, and my older two kids, they can't get to me. I like to run. And so God begins to shape and begins to tell me things to, sh to kind of, yeah, he begins to speak to me, and I come and share those things with you guys here today. So I wrote two sermons today, and I'm going to give you the first one. I'm going to give you the second one, and I'm going to jump into the first one. Here's the first sermon today. You're stronger than you think you are. It's a good thing to write down. If, you, if, you're, if you're a note writer down, go ahead and write that down. The statistics say 90% of people that take notes make it into heaven first. And so if you take notes, you're in good shape. You are stronger than you think that you are. You are stronger than you think you are. And I'm going to convince you over the next 25 minutes and 43 seconds that you are stronger than you actually think that you are. You're stronger than you think you really are. That was the second message. You got it. Let me jump back to the first message. We are in a story in the Bible called Daniel. And if you have a Bible, you can flip over to Daniel chapter 6. We ran a Bibles last week. If you didn't get a Bible last week, we've given out over 30 Bibles. And if you missed the Bible, we have Bibles every week. But if you want a Bible when you walk out today, you can go to the Orange Room and we'll give you a Bible because we'd love for you to have God's Word. And that's going to tie in with our sermon in, in just a moment. But we want you to know that you're stronger than you think you are. And God's called you and I to stand strong. God's called you and I to stand strong. And so if you have a Bible, Daniel chapter 6, let me catch you up. Daniel chapter 1, there's a group of middle school kids, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, these crew here, they're, they're young kids, they're, they're middle school kids, they're, they're just young, 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 young kids. And God's called them to be used by him, and they're just standing up for God. They made a decision to stand up for God. They made a decision to stand up for other people, and God is using them. And I want you to know today, whenever you and I stand up for God, you will never, ever, 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 ever see God not stand up for you when we stand up for him. You won't see that. You'll God, God, is never let, God will never let you down. It's out of his will to let you down. Now your expectations may be muddy or your expectations of what God is. Just, and just so you know, he's not a genie in the bottle, baby. He's not a genie in the bottle. I'll do that in for some of you guys. He is not a genie in the bottle. 
But he is a good, good, good father. He is a good father. He does want to give good gifts to his children. John 10.10 says he didn't come to kill, steal, and destroy. He came to give you an abundant life. He does want to do those things for us. Jesus will never, Jesus never, ever, 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 ever lets his side of the road down. He's always there to help out. Any of you guys ever done a savage race before? Yeah, those are fun. You ought to do one. Those are, that's actually easier than running 13 miles because it's, it's only eight miles. And there's obstacle courses along the way. That's fun. But when you do those obstacle races, if you're not strong enough, or some of the obstacles, you need help to help you get over the obstacles. Jesus has never, ever dropped anybody before. And he's not going to drop you. Jesus has never dropped anybody before, and he's not going to drop you. He doesn't want to drop you. He's not going to drop you. The Bible says he, can, he, never, he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. The Bible says he's ever-present in your life. He's always there with you. Now that sounds, sign me up for that guy. He's always there for you. And so, Daniel chapter 6, we want to look into the story. Daniel is there with his crew. And last week we read a whole chapter of the Bible, which was a record for me. And uh, I'd like to, to, to up one up that and, and go for two weeks in a row if it's possible. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. Darius, the Mede, decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. And if you're new with us today, we use New Living Translation. Someone asked me today, what translation should I use? Use whatever translation you'll read. Because whatever one you read, God will use that and he'll grow, and he'll grow you. And so it will strengthen your faith. So Darius, he, he's there. He decides to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. In some translations, um, it says that he used, say, used the word satraps. And so he took these guys and he put in leaders and he put in systems. And, and, and God is a God of order and, and there's, he wants things to work out in a certain kind of way. And so he begins to divide up these 120 provinces. And he appointed a high officer to rule over each of these provinces. The king also chose Daniel and two other administrators to supervise the high offices and to protect the king's interests. So they put three guys in charge. And who do they pick? They pick Daniel, the guy that's not like them, the guy that's a, he, the, whole, the whole process through. And now Darius, Darius is actually the third king that Daniel has worked for. We've skipped a couple of chapters, and now Daniel's 80 years old. And God, and this guy has had favor, second king, third king. And God says to them, by the time he got to the third king, God is still using this guy in a mighty way. God is using this guy in a, in a great way. We've, we've, we've missed it some, but if you want to go back, you can read. But he's interpreting dreams for King Nebuchadnezzar. This guy has had favor. God's taking care of him. The people around him are, 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 are watching him because he made a decision to stand. And so he puts these three guys in charge, Daniel. And these two other guys, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators in high offices. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. This guy got the corner office on the 18th floor, crushing the game. Daniel has moved up. This guy, it doesn't get any higher. He's right below. The, he, he, there's three guys right below the king. And it's Daniel's one of them, the Jesus guy. And as you know, this is kind of proves to our point, kind of things that we say here about our church. We can read it. I'm going to show, I'll pull it out in just a second. Verse 4, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. 
but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're always going to have haters. You're always going to have haters. If you do what's right, you're going to have haters. If you don't have any haters, you, you might not be doing it right. You might not. You're going to, when you're following Jesus, you're going to have people talk about you, not positively. They're going to talk bad about you. The more successful you get at your job. By the way, if you're climbing the ladder at your job, it's not a bad thing. If God's blessing you and you've, you've gone from four figures to five, four figures, that was a long time ago, to five figures, to six figures, to seven figures, you just know if you, as you do that, people never like the guy at the top. Do they? But take that for this, for this example. When you're following Jesus, most of the world isn't following Jesus. Jesus had hundreds and hundreds of people following him. But when they got to the cross, there was just a few there. There were just a few there. They peeled out. They're like, see you, deuces, Jesus. It's getting a little bit too crazy. Ever since the whole Peter cut the guy's ear off, it's just weird. You know, we're, we're out of here, you know. And you, you, haven't, you haven't fed 5,000 in a while, God, so we're going to kind of bounce out of here. When you're following Jesus, you're going to have, when you're doing the right thing, when you're standing up, you're going to have haters. You will. You're going to have people talking about you. You're going to have people going, shh, shh, me whispering about you. Oh, here she comes. Oh, here he comes. And so Daniel starts to have haters. But they couldn't find anything to criticize him or condemn him. That would be nice. That would be really nice. I've got a list of things you can criticize me about. This guy, they couldn't find anything. So they get a little bit creative. Verse, uh, keep what's going. He, he was faithful. He was always responsible. He was completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in a connection with the rules of his religion. Verse 6, so the administrators and high officers went to the king. They went to Darius. And they're like, yo, Darius, <clears throat> long live King Darius. They're stroking his ego. We are all in agreement. We administrators, minus Daniel, Officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the, king's, that the king, should, king, you should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, we will throw those people in the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and assign this law so that it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. These people went to the king and they said, King, we gotta, we gotta get rid of this guy, Daniel. We gotta throw him in a lion. We gotta let a lion eat his behind up. <clears throat> and, and by the way, if, if Satan is coming after you, you know, he may have to use something, he may have to be creative to get you. So if things are going well and things are going smooth, just know that Satan, the Bible says Satan, he's a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He's looking to devour followers of Jesus. That's what Satan wants to do. You know what Satan really hates? Satan hates baby churches. <clears throat> so if you're here, be ready to fight with us. Satan hates baby churches. Satan hates that we had over 800 people walk into this place. He hates that we've had over 50 people give their lives to Christ. He hates that we've baptized people. He hates that marriages are being restored. He hates that people that have addiction are being set free. He hates people that have depression. God's taken that from them. He hates all of those things. Anything positive, he hates it. He hates baby churches doing that. He hates any church doing that. 
He hates churches that are actually doing something to, for the community. He hates that. And as long as I'm here, as long as our, this, this awesome team that we have here, it's ever growing every single week. Last week we had eight people graduate from our Next Steps class. We've had, man, we've had so many people go through this Next Steps class. We have so many people that are just partnering with us. They're just locking arms. They're saying, we're going we're gonna to reach this city. We're going with you guys. We're going with Jesus on this deal. He's perfect, and we're going with him. And we see people just jump and say, we're going to do this with you guys. We're going to reach this city with you guys. We're going to invite our neighbors with you guys. <clears throat> and we see here in the story, when you do those things, Satan begins or people begin to find ways to drag you down, to pull you down. Daniel learned that the law had been signed. He went straight home. I love this. They make a rule that says... If you pray to anyone except for the king, we're going to throw you in, a den, in, the, in the lion's den. We're going to kill you, a.k.a. That's what we're going to do to you. And Daniel, as soon as he heard that, what does Daniel do? What's crazy Daniel do? <clears throat> Daniel learned the law. He went straight home, and he knelt down, as usual, in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. And he prayed three times a day. He's like, let's go ahead and ratchet this thing up. We're just going to go keep on praying. Daniel didn't change anything about what he was doing with his life. That's a guy who's strong. That's a guy saying, I'm going to keep on going. I don't care what the world throws at me. I don't care what people throw at me. I don't care what happens at my job. I don't care if I get a flat tire. I'm not going to cuss that tire out. I don't care what the world throws at me. I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to make a decision to stand strong. I'm not going to change anything that I'm doing. And I'm going to leave the results up to God. And leaving the results up to God is a great place to leave the results. Leaving the results up to God is a great place to leave everything and just leave it in his hands. Wes, what if I can't see him? That makes it all the better. Wes, what if I can't feel him? What if, what if I'm striking out, Wes? Just keep on leaving it in his hands. And leave the results up to him. You know, we never see God come, well, a lot of times we don't see God come through because we bail before we ever get, before the, the thing that we're asking him for, ever, we, we bail too soon. I think someone posted, maybe in this room here, to say the worst thing you'll ever do, or one of our friends and overseers, he said the worst thing you'll ever do is give up too soon. Most people give up too soon. And I'll be honest with you, it's easy to give up. We all would agree on that. And that's why it's important to run with a good crew. Because when you feel like giving up, you got guys running you saying, hey, man, we're, we're doing this together. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had power. You want to know they had power because they had numbers. You want to know why they stood strong? It was because they had a good crew. Most people never become the believer that they're called to be because they never, ever get around the right people going in the same direction as them. They never do. Uh, Friday morning uh, was a busy day. And um, I love Disney most of the time. <clears throat> I hated it Friday night. Um, I have people to blame for that, but I'm, I'm trying to just ask God to take that from me. But on Friday, <clears throat> I, uh, I, my wife went to go have lunch with some, uh, some ladies. And um, when she went to go do that, she goes, you got all four kids. No problem. I always say no problem. And my wife's like, are you sure? I'm like, no, but to you, yes, baby. I got this. This is easy. Eight, five, and 18 months. Well, I had this really good idea. I'm like, I got to pick up my race packet from Disney. I'm taking my squad with me. We get in a fight, I got backup. 
If we run out of food, the twins got snacks. We're in good shape. I'm taking my crew with me. So I, I got up in my red minivan. Takes a real man to drive a red minivan. I don't want to be a real man. I do not want to be a real man. Anyways, but I'm in that, getting that red minivan. I fired that thing up. Make up my own sounds. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I pretend like it's got a hemi in that thing. Travis, I make the sounds up if I have to. I got my kids in the back. They're yelling for Chick-fil-A. I'm like, yes, I love Chick-fil-A. I love grease all over the car. I love that. That's awesome. I love the car dirty. I can't wait to go to Chick-fil-A. So we go to Chick-fil-A. I'm taking them with me. I got, my, I got to Disney. I cut up that chicken while I was driving. I know that's not safe, you guys. But I, I, was, I, was in a, I was on a mission. I had to get them home and get them in bed and make it look like I didn't need Diana's help today. I had to act like I owned that thing. And so I get them in there. I, I cut up the chicken. I, I, I empty out Hope's six-pack six of chicken nuggets. And I've got three in one and three in the other. And I reach back and give one to the boy and one to the girl and just forgot their names for just a moment. I'm throwing french fries over my right shoulder, over my left shoulder, and I'm, I'm taking care of them. I'm like, I got this. They're choking because I got no water cups for them, but it's okay because I got this. And so I'm doing my thing. We get there. I love Disney. And I get to that thing, and, and I think this guy thought he was at, at one of the attractions. I get to the door. I've got my twins. I've got my, 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 older, my older two, and the guy says, I'm sorry, sir. And I'm like, why are you sorry? What would you do? Look at my kids the wrong way? I'll fight you. I said, what, what did I do? And he goes, we, we can't have any strollers in here. And I went like this. I looked down, and I was like, Jesus, help me. Jesus, take the wheel. You know, I'm going to need some help. I said, excuse me? He goes, we can't have any strollers in here today. I'm like, all right, I got this. No big deal. It's easy. It's, it's easy double fisting to 18 months old. This is awesome. Thank you. I didn't want to use a stroller anyways. I didn't say all that. I just said, all right, no problem. I went over to the side. I got it. I picked up one. I picked up the other. And I'm like, there I am, that guy again. Single dad, four kids, doing the best I can, trying to make it. The struggle's real. And so I'm walking with these kids. And I'm just trying to survive. It's all I'm trying to do. And I get in there, and they're like, uh, I, I, put those, I put them down. I'm like, you guys can run wherever you want. This is the happiest place on earth. Not right now, but typically it is. You guys do whatever it is that you had to do. Man, I was so defeated. I was so defeated. I was so distracted. I was so mad. But I was with my kids, so I was okay. I left there. I went and set my, my, my man Stefan over here. He cuts my hair. And I, I, I'm with him. And the reason why I go, one of the reasons why I like to go to him is because he's a believer. And we talk about Jesus, how we can reach the people that come and sit in, the, 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 his, sit in his barber shop. Which, by the way, Brooke Beecham, we got to give him some Bibles. He's like, I need to give some Bibles out to the guys that come get their hair cut. I was like, I got that all day. I love that. I left there by accident. I texted Fraley and Brooke about hanging out that night. Like, let's go to Disney. I'm like, oh, shoot. It's five, now it's 5 p.m. Like, no, you're going to love it. That's what they said. They said, you're going to love it. <laughs> We're going to help you, they said. They have twins. So they're like, we got you. Theirs are 13 years old, which is way easier than 18 months. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying. We were at Disney till 12 stinking 30 on Friday night. 12, but you know, I was in good company. And you have to have people around you. You have to have people that are going your direction for you to get where you're going to be. You have to have people around you going the same direction as you. And most people don't ever get the right people around them. So I was at the barber shop, and the guy said, hey, I heard Dwight's come back to the magic. And, and Stefan's like, yeah, we'll take him. Anything's better than what we got. I said, well, I know some people who don't want him. 
But man, you gotta, when you build these basketball teams, you gotta put the right pieces around to get a team that's gonna win. And Lord knows the magic needs some more pieces. You gotta, amen. Someone's like, let's just pray and let's end this thing now. Let's just, Jesus, be with the magic. They need help, amen. So, verse 10. Daniel learned that the law had been signed. He went home and prayed. You guys know the story. You've you've got that part. He prays and he prays and he prays. He prays so much. Finally, someone sees him praying and says, hey, uh, Darius, Daniel, the the guy uh, up here with us, he's, he's praying again. He's praying. So Darius goes to him and says, hey, bro, we gotta, we got to throw you in the lion's pit. Bad news. That's, that's where you're going. You're going to the lion. You're, you're probably going to, this is your last day. And Darius says something there, and you can read it um, on your own, but he, or you can, I'm going to read it to you. He says, the king said to him, may your God, whom you serve, so faithfully rescue you. Here's a king who's representing a pagan nation, who's asking people to pray for him. He's saying, hey, you know what he's saying? He's saying, bro, I think your God's got you. I think you're in, I think you're gonna be in good shape. So I'm gonna go ahead and throw you in there, but you're gonna be good. I'll come back tomorrow and check on you. Kinda, if you make it. Like, we're gonna pray for you, you know? Like, he, he says, I think your God's got you. You know what I believe today? I think the people that are around you, they're looking at you to, so they can see if the Jesus that people are talking about is really real. They've heard, oh, they've heard, they've seen, maybe they've heard talks about it, maybe they've maybe tried to, maybe they've been around some Jesus people, and they're like, I think they look around, they're saying, man, I, I think they're looking at you, they're saying, hey, I need to, I'm trying to find out if God's real. And you know how they're going to find out? By watching you and watching me. Watching you. I was at a birthday party for um, Brooke and Tyler's little baby. Her name is Lennon. And I've known Brooke. Brooke did welcome last week. And she did a great job. I've known Brooke for a long time since she was 15. Now she's getting old, which means I'm getting old. <clears throat> and it's weird when you have kids that you've baptized and you set and you've watched them grow up. And now they're getting married and they're having kids. That makes it weird. And their kids are close in age with our kids, which that makes us old, hun. Not you. makes me old. And it's just weird. But watching them grow up, my other friends here today are Kayla and Val are here today, and he's one of our, one of my friends, and they've they're one of our biggest supporters here at the church. Now they have a one year old, and now they're having a second kid, which two kids is too much, four is way too much. I'm just saying, just speaking that into your life. But it's weird seeing these guys grow up and to see them. But you know what I know about all these people? I was at a party, and a guy came to me and goes, "Hey, can I ask you a Jesus question?" And I'm like, "Yes, all day. That's why I came here. I'm looking for someone to ask me a Jesus question." He started talking to me about how do you live your life out for Jesus. And I know, can I tell you what your friends are looking for? They're trying to see if you stand strong. The people that are around you are trying to see if you, can, if you stand strong. They know you're standing. You're, they know you stood up before. But they're trying to see if you, if you actually stand strong. They're trying to see if you and I really can stand strong. So my question for you today is how are you standing how are you standing? <clears throat> Here's the deal. <clears throat> he gets thrown into the lion's den. And if you've been in church and, and you've heard this or maybe you haven't been in church, he gets thrown in the lion's den and the next day he's, he's good to go. 
The Bible says that God sends angels around. If you, if you ask me today, Wes, do you believe in angels? Uh, they're in the Bible, and maybe we should believe in them. I think there's angels all around us. I think when I was driving that car and cutting up that Chick-fil-A, I think there's angels all around me. <laughs> there had to be, Tyler. My friend Tyler's in here today, and I have a lot of these guys I've, I've known for eight, nine years. And I used to watch Tyler drive very, very aggressively. I know you've got to believe in angels, Tyler. His wife for sure does because she has to ride with him. She's like, Jesus, if you're up there, please protect us. You and I, your friends are trying to see what's going on. Well, he gets in the lion's den. He comes out unharmed. Now, here's the thing. This is not a little church, little Sunday school Bible story. That lion wanted to tear his head off. I don't know if it was face-to-face like this. I don't know if it was close. I don't know if he was right there just going, uh, and it just couldn't open up, his, open up his mouth. But the Bible says he shut that lion's mouth up. And I know he didn't paw him to death because I think he could definitely clear, c- clearly cut him. I don't know if he walked up right next to him, or I don't know if he made him sit over there, but he didn't lay down. And it wasn't this cool little picture that you put in your house of, of Daniel taming a lion. It wasn't that at all, my friend. It was Daniel getting there saying, God's with me. God's for me, and he loves me. And by the way, that's a promise for you and I today. God loves you, he's with you, and he's for you today. Wes, what if I don't feel like that? you got to hang in there because his love for you is there, no matter whether you can feel it or not. No matter you can feel God's love or not, he, it's right there. Man, Wes, I haven't seen God in a long time. You may not have seen him, but he's right there with you. So, Wes, how do I get strong? I want to be strong, Wes. You have to have power to stand strong. You have to have power to stand strong. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a jerky runner, because you know what I do? I, I start seeing something like, I'm gonna run them down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get them. That's how I run. I'm like, I'm gonna get them. But you know what? That always bites me. Because then I get to the end of the race, I'm pushing myself a little bit harder than I should have gone, and then grandma comes fast and passing right by me. I want to be like, hey, how, how old are you? Like, she doesn't have an iPod. How old are you? They have iPods out there. You can put the earbuds in your ear. Like, you're the, she's flying by me at the end. And what a lot of times I do is I, I, run out of, I run out of power towards the end. And I feel like it takes me the, the last mile. I felt like it, it turned into my two fastest miles. But here's what I know. I quit racing against, I, I do my best to not race against other people around me. I'm just running my race. And you know what I want you to know? That you've got to run your race. You've got to get in your lane and you've got to run your race. And what you'll see happen is that when you're running your race and you're moving along, you'll see people come up beside you. I almost caught a cramp doing that. You'll see people come up on the side of you and they'll be running the same exact race with you. You just run with those people. But if you're running and you see people going the opposite way, you know what we, our easiest tendency to do is, man, everybody's going around. We just turn, we go the opposite way. What I want you to know is that you've got to keep going. Even if everyone else is going in a different direction, you've got to keep on going. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. I have kids, so that was the funny Nemo reference. But you've got to keep on going. How do I stand strong, Wes? I'll tell you the, the greatest thing that can make you stronger is get a big Bible, like an old, like 1611 King James. No, I'm just kidding. You, you, not curl your Bible, that's not a good idea. You, if you read this thing, it will give you the strength that you need. I told you when we started, you're stronger than you think you are. The reason why you're stronger than you think you are because you have God in you and around you and he's for you. 
He's for you. He's with you. The Bible says that these very words, John 1, 1 tells these very words are actually God. These, the actual words on this page are God. So many times I feel weak. You want to know why I feel weak? Because I'm reading my Bible like this. You version. Or I'm like this. You version. That's me. And I, sometimes I'm reading the Bible and I'm feeling weak. Yeah, if I say so. I feel so weak sometimes. And sometimes I go like this. I, I, I swear, man, it's like just like this. I'll put that down and I'll go get the Bible. And I'm like, dang, this feels good. It's like an iPhone without any, without a, without a case on. It just feels good. You know, if you have an iPhone, you know what I'm talking about. They're so expensive. You have to have a case. But man, this book contains power. This book contains power. You see this every week. We're not, we're not, we're not a denomination. Jesus didn't deny for a denomination. He died for the church, and that's you and I. So we're just a Jesus church. But this Jesus church, we believe in Jesus, and we believe in this Bible. We stand strong with this word. Here's the second thing. You have to have power to stand strong, but you also have to have prayer to stand strong. Before we started the service here today, there was about 30, 30 of our, 20 to 30 of our volunteers in here today, and we could use some more people. Man, the more people we have, the merrier. You'll find some, you, you find yourself serving around some really, really awesome people to do life with, to do Disney with, but then to be in the parking lot with them t today. And you'll just find some really people, really cool people to do life with going in the same direction with you. It's a great reason to serve this church because you got to find more people going in your direction, in the right direction, Jesus' direction. <clears throat> but here's what I know. You have to have power to stand strong, but you also have to have prayer to stand strong. I was in a small group with Brooke and Fraley, and uh, Fraley did the welcome today, and he's going to close this out in, in just a moment. And I was in a small group with them out in Claremont, and Week one, the very first week, Brooke said, just pray for me. I have this spot. I got to get it checked out. And we began to pray. God, would you do something in our life? Would you just, would you make this thing go away? That'd be great, God, if you would do that. Just make it go away. That'd be, that'd be great. It'd be awesome. You just make, and then about three or four weeks later, back at that same community group, or I got a, I think Brooke, not Brooke, but I think Debbie or Diana told me, hey, I want to let you know that that test came back. Everything's good. Let me pause for just a moment because I think some of you guys in here today, that can get you sideways. But some of you guys are like, what about how can God's not answer my prayer? How can God's not answer my prayer? Can I give you a good answer? I'm not going to give you a, a pastor answer or a church answer. I don't know. I think some of you are like, man, God's going to bless you, bro. Just keep on praying, brother. I don't know why God's not answering your prayer request. You know what? I wish I knew. I, I wish I knew. My wife and I have been praying through the situation since November. And you know what? God hasn't, God's not there yet. He hadn't showed up yet. I mean, he's there, but he's not doing what we want him to do. He's there. I know he's there because I've just told you that he's there. And the Bible tells us that he's always there. He's all around us. But he hasn't showed the way we want him to show up. Does that mean that God's ignoring us? He, he, not ignoring my wife. He, he probably is ignoring me. But he doesn't, God's not ignoring you. He's right there ready to show himself faithful. Faithful. Here's what I do now. I'm going to step on a limb, by the way. If you have a loved one and God takes them too early, here's what I do know. Heaven's a lot better than earth from what I've read. I've read the book. Heaven's a lot better than earth. I know that. That's why we want everyone to know who Jesus is. That way if we don't see you next week and you get Jesus today, we know we'll see you again one day in heaven. Maybe God's going, maybe you're going through that situation that you're right now with that family member or through that thing that you're praying through because God's using it 
to show himself good in another area or in some area or tomorrow or maybe it's three years down the road or maybe God's using it to show you that he's going to use you in a great way down the road some, some, sometime now. You don't see right now, but you, you don't see right now. It's impossible to see it right now. It's, it's impossible to see the next day, but sometimes God allows you to go through things that we can look, look back and he can show you that he was good. In it, it doesn't seem very good, but you can look at it and see that he is good. And so there's one more thing, I, one more note I, I wrote down for you. This might be something you want to write down. I got some Craig Rochelle. It says, kneeling to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. There's a song out right now um, from Hillsong, and it's, there's the, a verse says, um, I found my life when I, when I laid it down. I think sometimes for us as believers, we got to get into a posture where God can show up in a mighty way in our life. You gotta get it's you know I think sometimes it's easy it's it's easy and it's bad to pray while you're in bed on your back because you know what happens next or maybe that's just me there's something about getting on your knees and saying God I need your help I need some power I need some power this thing is not working these relationships aren't working the way that they should go my finances aren't panning out the way I thought they were gonna pan out my, my, my spiritual life, my emotions are all over the place. Things are just not panning out the way that I think that they are panning out. And by the way, at the moment you get to your knees, sometimes God meets you there. But maybe he'll meet you after you stand up. And for some of you guys, he met you before you even got to your knees. But here's what I want you to know. You can stand strong because God gives you the power and God's given us prayer to get us through. I'm going to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.